Good evening. Welcome to the PSI Monthly Podcast. My name is Kat, and I will be your host for this evening. And on behalf of PSI Seminars, welcome to the podcast. PSI has been offering personal growth seminars around the world for 45 years, and each month on these trainings, we explore tools and techniques from the PSI Basic Course as a free resource for you in your ongoing personal growth and self-improvement. For those of you who are new to PSI Seminars and would like to find out more about our Basic Course, you can go to psibasicseminar.com. Tonight, we are talking about building your dream team and creating an inner circle of support. We are very excited to bring you this special training followed by a Q&A session where we will be answering your questions. We have a powerful speaker with us this evening, Mr. Cortland Warren. Cortland is an instructor for the PSI Basic Seminar for 13 years now. He attended all of the PSI classes in 2001. He is very passionate about this work and loves assisting people in their own personal transformation. Cortland, are you with us? I am, Kat, and thank you very much. Uh, and good evening to those of you who are on the call uh, and those of you who may be listening uh, to a recording. What I know is that it's not coincidence that you found your way to such an important topic, uh, that topic being building a dream team and surrounding yourself with support. Uh, the premise uh, that we'll move with tonight is first and foremost that we are not here to do it all alone. Uh, human beings as a species, we are uh, taken care of, looked after longer than any other uh, species uh, from, you know, whether zero to 18 or up until adulthood. Uh, and maybe for you, it wasn't that long, but the point remains the same that we are not here to do it by ourselves. In fact, on the day you know that you showed up on the planet, if someone had not been there to care for you, you, you would not have made it to day two. And I believe that there's a message in that, uh, that you know, we, are, we are here for community, that we are better together. And I get uh, the Lone Ranger approach to life, I get the Lone Ranger attitude. Uh, there are the, definitely those who say, you know, if you want it done right, then do it yourself. And others who operate from a place of, well, if I've got to take all of this time to teach you how to do it, then I may as well just do it myself. And what I'd like to uh, have you see tonight is that if that's the approach, you're definitely making things harder than they have to be. You know, if I were uh, if I or you were a gazelle, you know, on the Serengeti, then yeah, on day one, when you show up, right, you got to be ready to run, you know, because nature has it that, you know, unless you're ready to run on day one as that baby gazelle, then, you know, it could mean your life. However, for human beings, uh, we are here to work together and surround ourselves with people who want to see us win. And so the fact that you're on this call tonight suggests that you recognize the importance of this. And maybe it is that you've been for so long looking to do it all by yourself that you're starting to wake up to the reality that if your biggest goal or your biggest dream is one that you can do all alone, then the likelihood is that you're not dreaming big enough. And so uh, I encourage you to uh, have something to write on, something to write with, uh, not for what I am going to say or share with you tonight, 
but rather for the ideas, the inspirations or insights that may come to mind over the time that we have here together. What I'd like to uh, first have you recognize is that uh, there's a recent, very recent study that uh, you could uh, you could look it up yourself or uh, just you know just trust the knowledge um, of those who have already gathered the data and the insight. Uh, but a recent project uh, done by Harvard uh, Business School, in fact, they were looking for what is it that uh, creates uh, successful people. Uh, this was an 84-year-old um, study uh, that kind of tells you uh, the, uh, the the endowment that they had. And what they were able to do was follow uh, certain um, groups of people for over 80 years. Um, I was really fascinated by it. Uh, the research and, and the findings can be found in a book called The Longevity Project. But really, as they were looking for, you know, what are those qualities and characteristics that lead to successful living, uh, what they found were that, you know, different industries and uh, different, you know, educational backgrounds, um, that those weren't the things that were the common characteristics. In fact, uh, in this 80-plus year study, the fascinating uh, thing that the research uncovered was simply this. Loners die sooner. That's right. And all, you know, they, they couldn't find any one characteristic or quality that was a determinant of success. But what they did find was that people who tend to be loners, right, uh, no connection to community, no uh, real involvement with other people, loners die disproportionately sooner than other people. And so have that be the premise of what we're going to build tonight and recognize that by doing it all by yourself, not only does it suggest that your dream isn't big enough, it also uh, could have you, in fact, shortening your lifespan. And uh, neither of us uh, wants that. Uh, I don't want it for myself, and nor do I want it for you. And so if we can establish that, okay, we're not here to do it alone, that in fact, when we are doing it alone, we're working against the principles and uh, uh, ingredients for successful living for human beings. When we recognize that, then we can be re re really begin to look closely at how then do you build a network of support around you? And so we'll get to those solutions uh, before uh, our time is done here tonight. But first, I want you to do a close examination of your current inner circle your current network of support. If you were to go through your, uh, if you have a smartphone and there's a function there on your phone that would have you look at your most recent contacts and your frequent contacts. And so look at the, uh, the, the, the recent uh, contacts in your phone and also uh, the most frequent uh, contacts within your phone and use that as a, baseline for who are the people that have the greatest access to you and that you access most often. Now, it could be, you know, family, you know, children, uh, husband, wife, partner, 
a business associate. But when you look at your uh, frequent contact list, okay, those top five people that you contact most frequently, that means you're either calling them or in contact with them or they're calling you. If you were to take a snapshot of that list of people, what can you derive from that frequency of interaction? That'll be, that's going to be a first place to start. Because if we're going to truly make shifts and changes and really experience um, some transformation, one of the baseline expectations is that we're willing to be honest about what is. And no right, wrong, good or bad to it. Uh, but a very simple way to do this is to look at the people that you contact most frequently. And then once you've done that, the second stage of this will be to really ask yourself or closely examine what are the things that you most often talk to these people about. So you're going to have your top five uh, frequent contacts. And then in a just just give it a quick, you know, uh, just a quick glance. What are the things that you talk to those people about the most? And when you take those two questions, who you are in most frequent contact with and the conversations or what you are in contact about, then line that up with the results that you're producing in the areas that you say are most important to you. So you may find that you're saying that what's important to you is uh, family time or what is important to you is your health and well-being or what is important to you is growing your business. And yet, if you look at the course of a week or even break it down into the course of a day, are the conversations that you're having and are the frequency of uh, contacts that you're making are they in alignment with what you're saying that you want? So that as a, as a first uh, or initial baseline, okay? Now, you may look and say, okay, yeah, I'm doing a great job. In fact, uh, the person that I am most in contact with is uh, the relationship or the people that are most important to me that I value the most. That could be a husband, a wife, it could be a sibling, it could be mom or dad, and you're okay with that. And then you look at, okay, the person that I am in frequent uh, contact with, the second and third most is just a friend. And you know what? We never actually talk about our goals, dreams, and aspirations. And so then what you may have to consider then is, is the amount of time that you're spending uh, in the course of a day and in the course of a week, is the amount of time that you are devoting to that relationship or to that contact, is it uh, conducive for what you say you want? Or you say you may say, okay, well, now I love being in contact with this person. However, you see now a way to grow the relationship. And maybe there's an opportunity there for there to be less trivial conversation, less uh, mundane surface conversation and an actual opportunity to grow the relationship. You may, uh, as a result of this uh, podcast being offered uh, by PSI Seminars, just get the quick idea of, hey, you know what? I noticed that we are on the phone a lot. 
that you're one of the most uh, frequently contacted people in my life. And I have an opportunity for us to grow this relationship by us ensuring that we spend a greater majority of time on our goals, dreams, and aspirations. I want to know what it is that you're working on. I want you to know what I'm working on so that we can grow together. Also, when you look at your uh, immediate circle and the people that you are uh, sharing your time uh, and energy with, you may find, if you're really being honest, that those people in your immediate circle are not people who support you in a reputation to live up to. You may find that you're actually doing some great work on yourself. You've committed to personal development. Uh, you're looking to move yourself through a personal transformation so that you expand and you grow. And you find that as you're going through this process, some of the people in your immediate circle, uh, you don't have a relationship with them where you are comfortable sharing with them the changes and transformation that you're experiencing. Uh, I know this to be the case uh, for myself and uh, oftentimes in the basic seminar, which if you're unfamiliar with the basic seminar, I will address that uh, towards the end of our call and our time tonight. Uh, but I know that there are individuals who are doing extraordinary work on themselves, and yet there's a sense of hesitation, sometimes even embarrassment about the work that they're doing because some people in their life don't support the work. It's like you may have people in your life that as soon as you tell them that you're going to be going through some personal development or as soon as you let them know that uh, you're working on uh, personal transformation, it's like now you got to hear it from them. You know, as soon as you tell them that you attend a personal growth course, it's like, what? You're attending a personal growth class? What's wrong with you? And you're like, well, well, first of all, nothing's wrong with me. Uh, I'm just working on myself a bit, you know, and it's actually, you know, there's a financial investment and a time investment that uh, I and I'm seeing myself as valuable. Huh? You're, you're paying how much money? You know, well, give me that money. I'll tell you what's wrong with you. You know, they, they you, you don't even want to tell them that you're working on yourself because you know how they are. And so I'm not saying to, to cut them out. I'm not saying to, you know, stop being friends with them. However, if there's a person that's in your immediate circle and one of your most frequently contacted people, uh, you may definitely examine the nature of that relationship and ask yourself, does that relationship support your growth? Oftentimes, you may find that you could actually speed up your progress if it were not for the weight of carrying people with you or the weight of justifying why you've chosen yourself as worthy of an investment. And so in this, the first part of the call here tonight, again, the initial uh, encouragement is to be honest about your relationships currently. And a way to do it, uh, not the only way, but a way to do it, is to just look at who you're frequently in contact with and then to examine uh, what those conversations are typically about. 
And when you look at that, ask yourself if there is an opportunity to grow and expand the relationship, take it to a higher level or deeper level because you're going to be challenging them and you're inviting them to challenge you. And by challenge, I mean simply hold you accountable to what you say you want to have or create. Another thing to really closely uh, examine when it comes to your uh, immediate circle of influence is are you surrounding yourself with people who are going after bigger, better, more worthy goals and dreams? See, if you're the only person in your circle who's going after bigger, better, and more, then the likelihood is that you won't have the willpower to sustain what it takes to actually reach the top. If you're the only person in your circle of influence who's dreaming bigger and creating more, then ask yourself what that is really about. You know, sometimes people will surround themselves with others who are doing less so that they get to feel better. Ask yourself if that might be true for you. Sometimes it's so that, you know, so that I can feel better or so that the person can feel more uh, elevated. They surround themselves with people who don't challenge them or who aren't in a position to challenge them. You know, uh, a, a mentor once shared with me that, hey, Cortland, if you are the smartest person in your circle, get a larger circle. Uh, he also went on to say that if you make the most money among all of your friends, uh, definitely consider adding some new friends or just completely getting new ones. And I have definitely taken that advice on over the course of my life. I, I deliberately surround myself with people who are more experienced, who are, uh, at least in my view, more successful. And uh, now that doesn't mean that I am unwilling to, uh, to engage with or share with uh, those who may not be where I, where I see myself, but I am always looking to grow and expand. And so as you look at your immediate circle, you know, are you at the top? Is everyone in your circle looking up to you? I can assure you that if that is the case and you've set it up that way, then you're not growing and you won't be expanding. And it is very, very critical that you begin to surround yourself with people who are going to be stretching you to be more. The, and then last part of, of this initial segment is that when you look at your immediate circle of influence, are you, again, do you surround yourself with people who can tell you no? Do you surround yourself with people who are confident in saying no to you? And by this, I mean, let's say you are uh, the CEO of uh, uh, organization or uh, you're uh, in your community, you're a person of influence. One of the dangers in being uh, the person who's you know, at the top and having a lot of yes people around you 
is they don't support you in, you know, seeing your blind spots. You could be making some decisions uh, and some tactical errors, and because they're afraid of being assertive with you or they're afraid of taking a stand uh, against you, uh, they may be unwilling to simply uh, have you stop and reevaluate. You want to surround yourself with people who are willing to, uh, to debate with you. You want to surround yourself with people who are willing uh, to say no, with people who are willing to be assertive uh, for a like-minded vision. You know, I, I know that uh, the highly successful people uh, that I am in contact with, frankly, they just cannot stand it when they know they have a lot of yes people around them. They can read it. It's as though they can sniff it out. And it's always very, very obvious. You are not making any impressions by being a yes person. You're not winning any influential friends by being a person who uh, who laughs at all of their jokes, because frankly, sometimes they know that it's not funny. And sometimes it may be that they're actually just testing to see who's willing to be true to themselves versus be liked by everyone. And so uh, it is, you know, do you have people around you who are willing to say no to you? People who are willing to say, no, let's stop because there's something that you're missing or there's something that you have not considered. And by not considering it, we're going to make a mistake or you're not going to get the outcome that you want. It will definitely save you a lot of time. And so, again, here in the, the first part of the call, uh, the opportunity is to take an assessment of what your inner circle is. And first, who are you in frequent contact with? Secondly, what are those conversations about? Third, uh, do you support each other in a reputation to live up to or in a reputation to live down to? Do you have people in your life who will support your investment in yourself because of what they see in you and they're excited that you're going to see more in yourself as well? And do you have people in your life who are willing to take a stand uh, and say no to you uh, because they are as confident in themselves as they are in you and your relationship together. And so as we move into, you know, how to create a dream team uh, and what are the factors that you want to consider when it comes to surrounding yourself with support, uh, I believe it's interesting that we first look at why don't more people have more support in their lives? You know, when we look at that, you know, one of the first things to get over is the idea that when you are being supported or when you're getting assistance, that it is a sign of weakness. You know, I definitely know people who refuse support and won't ask for assistance because there's a part of them that feels or believes that if they didn't do it all by themselves, then at some level, that means that they weren't worthy of it. Or they will definitely make things harder than they have to be because by, you know, uh, you know that the work that goes in or the struggle of the achievement is somehow the badge of courage that makes them feel 
more deserving and or worthy of it. And so check in with that for yourself. You know, I am in, in oftentimes uh, when we look at uh, support and surrounding yourself with support uh, in, in the courses of PSI seminars, a lot of times I will ask the class, by a show of hands, how many of you would agree that life is easier when you're surrounded by support? And fully, you know, 95%, if not 100% of people will raise their hands. I will then follow that question up with, how many of you know yourself to be a great support person? Like you're really good at supporting people and being there for them. Again, 85, 90% of people will raise their hands. I then follow it up with a third question. Okay, how many of you, when it comes to asking for support or allowing support, you have no challenges with either asking for or allowing support? Raise your hand. And it is fascinating to me how, in some cases, less than 20% of people, sometimes far less, maybe even 10% of people, will raise their hands. Now, we go from almost 100% of people agreeing that life is easier when you're surrounded by support. The hands will go up. And then we ask, how many of you are great support people? Many, many hands, overwhelming majority of hands will go up. But then we ask, how are you at allowing support or asking for assistance? And sometimes less than 10% of people will raise their hands. And so if you were asked, if you were answering that question, how would you respond to the third one? Are you a person who will allow support? Will you ask for assistance? Or do you tend to do it all alone? So if you can know that life is easier when you're surrounded by people who wanna see you win, and you are a great support person, let's look more closely at some of the uh, limiting beliefs, which is, is essentially what they are. What are some of the habitual patterns of belief that would keep you from asking for or allowing the support that is available to you. One of the things that we find is that some people won't allow support or don't ask for support because they simply don't believe that they are worthy of it. They simply don't believe that they are worth being assisted. Uh, sometimes there is the, uh, the, the belief or uh, we call it, we refer to them as programs in the basic seminar, a conditioned way of thinking of, well, uh, if I ask for support, I'm being a burden on someone. There are many people out there who feel that they are a burden. And so by not asking for anything or not coming across as needy, then they feel that they'll be able to keep the relationship, that they will be able to have more friends if they never have to ask for anything. So they set it up to where, okay, I'm never gonna ask for anything uh, so that I don't come off as needy, I don't burden my friends or I don't burden people, and maybe if I'm never a burden, maybe if I'm not needy, then uh, I'll be able to keep the relationship, uh, which is essentially a belief that they are not worthy of being supported. 
Another reason why people will not ask for support, and again, check in with it for yourself, they don't allow support or ask for assistance, is because they don't realize the value that they bring. One of the reasons why you may not be asking for more support or allowing yourself to be assisted in growing your vision is because you don't recognize the value that you bring to a relationship. See, you could know people in your industry. You could know people in your community who are creating results that you want to match. They're doing things that you want to mirror. And, you know, you want to uh, you want them to be a part of your network of support, but you're hesitant to ask. And maybe the conversation is, well, you know, uh, why would they help me? Um, you know, I, I, what could I offer them? They have everything already. They're super successful. Um, I, you know, I don't have anything that I could offer them. And so there is hesitation in asking for that support or being uh, or asking for uh, some insight and assistance because you don't recognize the value of you. You're missing the value that you could bring to a relationship with this person who, in your view, is, you know, uber, you know, uh, successful, right? And so that's another reason that would lead to hesitation in asking for support is because you haven't thought of what it is that you could actually offer uh, that person. Uh, one of my uh, one of my longtime uh, mentors, and and really, I think by now uh, he might even be a bit uh, taken aback if he, you know, if I if knowing that I would refer to him as a mentor because we've become such friends. And uh, he was a top executive in a Fortune uh, 100 company. Uh, over 20,000 employees at one time, and our relationship has grown over time. And one of the reasons for that is that I recognized that he just needed a person who he could just be himself around, that he just, you know, because the demands on him uh, were and continue to be so great that he really valued someone to 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 laugh with, to to joke around with, uh, we played a lot of golf together, and uh, but never, you know, asking him for, you know, anything per se. I recognize that our relationship was able to grow because what he needed was a friend, and even though yes, financially, uh, and 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 financially, yes, far surpassed me. Uh, his network of influence definitely surpassed my own. However, I recognized that what I could bring to his life and world was a genuine friendship. And so when you look into your life and, the, and those people that you'd like to, to attract or draw in to you, uh, consider what you have to offer them. And if the answer to that is nothing or you don't see what it is that you could offer them, then definitely you don't yet have the right to ask for their assistance and support. You've got to spend some time on recognizing or knowing the value that you bring to the partnership and relationship. 
And so because sometimes that question hasn't been answered, there is hesitation in allowing for uh, receiving the assistance. Now, with that, uh, let's look at some of the really definitive ways that you can begin to build your dream team. You know, what, are the, what are some of the components to surrounding yourself with people who desire to see you win? One of the things that uh, you want to know, first and foremost, is that uh, a dream team isn't really about surrounding yourself with just a, you know, a whole lot of people that like you. You've got to determine that if this is really about you expanding, growing, uh, achieving, and accomplishing, you've got to determine which is more important to you. Would you rather be liked or respected? And only you can make that determination. I have seen a, nu a numerous amount of people completely sell out on themselves for the sake of being liked, for the sake of having, you know, just acquaintances. And even in the relationships, they are uncomfortable because that relationship does not represent even what is true and integrous for them. Uh, I heard it quoted this way. A gentleman uh, was an actor who said, I cannot tell you the key to success. I'm not sure that I know. I'm not certain that I know the key to all of success. He went on to say, but I can tell you that the absolute key to failure is trying to please everybody. Again, I cannot tell you the key to success, but the key to failure is trying to please everyone. You've just got to know that in your pursuit of a life worth living, in that pursuit, there are going to be people who have judgments, who have criticism, who have uh, ridicule, critiques, uh, and rumors just ready to go. And you've got to determine that your goal your dream and your vision is more important than the naysayers' uh, viewpoints. Now, when building your team, when building your network of support, I encourage you to have a, a variety of personality styles that make up your team. And the value in this is that uh, they're going to see things differently. Now, when it comes to uh, surrounding yourself with support, uh, there are, you know, there are, you know, behavioral styles that, uh, frankly, uh, they don't trust their, uh, they just don't trust people. And so it's difficult for them to give up control because they are not certain of what the outcome will be should they empower someone else. And that behavioral style, the controller or controlling behavioral style, uh, they will take on more than is reasonably even expected of them because they don't trust empowering other people. And so if you if you operate from that place, then uh, I would encourage you to really begin the practice of empowering other people, not delegate. Delegate, you're just essentially, you know, 
just telling people, you know, what to do and uh, what their positions are. But when you empower, you're creating the space for other people to be who they are without fearing your judgments of them. And then there's a behavioral style that uh, is challenged in attracting support around them because they create trust issues uh, because of their propensity to bounce around to a different, you know, to different things all the time. You know, you're really great at promoting an idea, phenomenal at getting things started. However, follow through becomes an issue. And so what happens is because you get distracted so easily, it actually brings up trust issues in your relationships because people aren't so certain if, if whether or not you're truly all in or is it just a good idea for now. And then there are those who are they struggle to attract support because uh, they're afraid of saying no. And so what happens is they overcommit because they're saying yes to everything because they don't want someone to be disappointed or uh, to not like them. So they overcommit. Their plate is full. They're oftentimes exhausted and overwhelmed. But when they look closely at that plate and the items on that plate that's so full, they recognize that a lot of those things don't even belong to them. But it's because they've taken responsibility for someone else. And then there are those who uh, struggle to attract uh, support into their life because they truly have a tough time um, connecting. And because of the difficulty in connecting or a real intimacy, uh, that that what that missing component of connection and really getting in to know a person uh, uh, at a at a deeper level or having a relationship that is of substance really does um, often repel those who could be uh, incredible uh, forces for good in your life. Now, that being said, as we just kind of really briefly went over those four behavioral styles, when building your network of support, I encourage you to have representatives from all four of those behavioral styles. So you as an individual being the centerpiece, uh, you are the fulcrum. And so now by surrounding yourself with people who have strengths in areas where you don't, now you set yourself up for the incredible win. You want to know how Highly successful people ensure their success really simply. They surround themselves with people who are better at what they need done than what they are. Okay, that was a mouthful, but think about it. They surround themselves with people who are good or better at their uh, weak areas. That's what they do. They surround themselves with people who know more than they know. Right. And so as you begin to build out your uh, network of support, don't just look for people who see things your way. Right. Actually, deliberately go out and build relationship with your uh, antagonist, someone who you who you constantly would be debating uh, ideas on or who has a viewpoint that's different than yours. But yet they're willing to listen. And in so doing, you actually create a strong relationship where it's uh, viewpoints that you would never even consider will get considered. And so you, you want to have on your team the person who is uh, really about the details. 
You want to surround yourself with someone who will dot the I's, cross the T's, and read the fine print. They can save you a whole lot of time and energy by reading the fine print and paying attention to detail. And just know that this that person, one of the ways that they show care is through their attention to detail. So you want the detail person on your team. You also want on your team a person who is very vision-oriented. The vision-oriented individual is a willing to do the work now for what it will lead to down the road. And so you want that person on your team. They're willing to suspend the immediate gratification uh, because their time horizon has been extended. And so they can look further down the road. They're willing to be uncomfortable now for what it will mean you know, tomorrow, figuratively, or what it will mean down the road. And so this person is really driven by results. They want, they have a great relationship with results, accountabilities, and outcomes. And if that isn't you, then definitely you want that person on your team because, you know, it's not just about having a great time. You want to be creating results that are measurable and holding yourself accountable to very specific outcomes. And so have that person on your team. You also want on your team a person who is great at ideas. Yes, you want the idea person, the that person who uh, can paint a grand vision of the future. Now recognize that this person may not be as detail-oriented. In fact, they may definitely resist uh, the, you know, the, the nuts and bolts or the grunt work that's necessary, but it's okay. All right. Don't push them aside, right? Don't get rid of them because they're an idea person, because oftentimes it is their ability to inspire their ability to, uh, to, to get people to follow them is an extraordinary, extraordinary gift. And so maybe you're the, maybe you're a high detail person who can get lost in the details, well, think about how much stronger you'll be by with having someone on your team who's very vision-oriented. Don't make the mistake of thinking that you've got to learn how to be that person when you can actually bring that person on board, invite them into your circle, and then learn from them that way. And what you, the value that you add to them is your ability to, uh, you know, in my example, it's your ability to handle the details that actually adds value to their life, back to, again, knowing what value you bring. And then uh, you also want to have someone on your team who reminds you to stop and smell the roses. You want someone on your team who can uh, see the value in not getting so lost in the work to be done that you forget about why you're actually doing the work. They tend to remind us that uh, we're, we're human beings and not robots. Regardless of uh, the vehicle, whether that vehicle is through a human being or a uh, electric-powered uh, automobile or gas-powered automobile, right? we've got to have a way to either refuel or recharge. And so we're not designed to just go, 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 go. And you want to have people on your team who enjoy the laissez-faire uh, type of attitude, the people who will remind you of uh, not missing the moments, 
uh, to not skip the special time. Uh, there are those who in life they spell love, T-I-M-E. And so you want to be you want to have those people in your life who remind you that it is important that you value the people in your life uh, that, you know, perhaps you're doing all of the work for. And so surround yourself with people from the various behavioral styles with you now being in the middle with the balance of all four that strengthens not only uh, you as an individual, not only will it strengthen your resolve and make you more resilient, uh, it will also provide you with perspectives that there's no way that you would create all by yourself. So have a team of varying behavioral styles. Next, when it comes to attracting these people into your life, it is important that you be interested in them. So determine now if whether or not you've been a, you are being a person who is interested or are you interesting? Are you working to be interested in them or being interesting to them? When you're working on being interesting, then that's all about you. You're doing uh, whatever you think is necessary to get them to like you. But when you're interested, then you are finding out what's important to them, what they value, what their dreams are, and you are now using your resources and your skills to help them achieve what they want. So be interested, not interesting. When you, when you initially meet, the way uh, a simple way to do that is by asking them questions. Simply asking questions and talking less uh, initially in the relationship or when uh, the friendship is being formed, show an interest in them and you create loyalty to you and to your vision. Uh, speaking of vision, uh, moving to number three in surrounding yourself or building your dream team, you want to have a vision that attracts people. People. People love to be part of what's moving forward. And so uh, no one is going to invest time, energy, and attention into an individual who has no clarity around what they desire to create and no purpose for what you are asking them to do. And so your ability to paint a vision of the future, a grand vision of the future, is an is a important uh, piece to you being magnetic, to having charisma. You want to set your life such that people want to know what you have going on. And uh, as a result of that, their desire is to be part of it. And then uh, third, it is uh, very important when building your dream team and having support around you, you've got to stay relevant in their life by having uh, frequent contact with them. You know, so there may be there may be periods of time where you're working uh, uh, really feverishly to get something done. And then once that's complete, uh, you know, it kind of fades off, fades away. But be in contact with people when you don't need anything. Don't be a person who only calls uh, when there's something that you want. Right. When they cross your mind, maybe you only have time for a three to five minute conversation However, just picking up the phone or reaching out and, say, and saying, hey, I was thinking about you, hope things are well, 
right, goes a long way in creating a stronger relationship. And so stay relevant to them through frequent contact is uh, a, an important key to building this dream team around you. And then fourth, uh, have there be some mystery and intrigue into uh, what you are pursuing, right? You want to, you know, people like puzzles. We like solving problems. Our, our, our brains are, are wired for wanting to know the answer. Uh, we, 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 don't, we, we tend to tune in to the sequel. We tend to tune in to the, the, whether it be a sitcom or drama series where it says to be continued because we want to know how it all ends. We want to know how it's going to end up. And so uh, another way for you to attract into your life a dream team uh, and have support around you is by you providing some mystery and some intrigue into what you have going on. Sometimes the best time to say what you're about to do is when it's 80% done. And even better yet, sometimes you can say what you're about to do when you've already finished it. And so be a person who, uh, who also adds some mystery and some intrigue in the pursuit of the goal or dream. And so what we've, uh, as, I, as I bring this uh, portion up to a close, and we're going to open it up for questions. Uh, what we've looked at again tonight is recognizing first and foremost that you're not here to do it by yourself. We're designed as a species to be connected and to have people around us, right? And uh, doing it by yourself suggests that you are dreaming smaller than what is worthy of you. And once we established that, we looked at that pretty closely. Then we went into uh, what are some what's some of the makeup of a dream team. And you want to be surrounded by people who are of different uh, personality styles and behaviors of your, than yourself because it broadens your vision and uh, it makes it where you don't have to know it all. And in attracting those people into your life, be interested in them versus interesting, have a vision of the future, stay relevant through frequent contact, and then also add some mystery and intrigue by uh, pursuing a vision that doesn't provide all of the answers and solutions um, to them. And so with that, uh, I know I went for a while there, but or, or however, um, Kat, I want to come back to you because I know that we have uh, we have some questions. So we do have quite a few questions. Um, that you, it was so great what you were teaching. I didn't want to interrupt you. I just want to take a moment for everyone on the call who has not yet done our classes. If you want more tools to build your inner circle of support, the basic course has extremely effective techniques that you can put into practice right away to identify different behavior styles, improve your communication, and achieve goals beyond what you previously thought possible. And for the results you really want to create in your life, at the PSI Basic Seminar, you get to uncover your limiting beliefs and discover what has been holding you back from living the life of your dreams, whatever that is for you. The basic is an experiential class where you will be immersed in powerful exercises and get to explore who you are, what you really want, and how to get where you want to go. Again, if there's anything you want more, better, or different for yourself and your life, then go to psibasicseminar.com and get registered for the next PSI Basic. We hold classes in cities across the country, so find a location and date that works for you. Again, that's PSI 
basicseminar.com. And so Cortland, for all the people that have not been uh, to the classes, do you want to uh, say a few words about what makes PSI seminars different from other personal development trainings that are out there? Absolutely, absolutely. And um, here's what I would here's what I would ask you: uh, if you've never attended the basic seminar before, um, I would ask you this: Have you ever made a mistake before? And the likelihood is that you just said yes. Well, now, have you ever made a mistake before and then promised yourself that you were never going to make that mistake again? Likelihood is that you answered yes. Well, if you've ever had that experience, then you know that sometimes there's a wide gap between knowing and doing. And in the basic seminar, what we do uh, better than any other uh, personal development company in the industry is we support you in understanding what's necessary in order to close the gap from knowing to doing. And so it isn't just about having the right answer. You can look into your life currently, and I would assert that there are places in your life where you know what to do. You know how to be better in your relationship, improve your communication. Uh, you know how to grow your business. Maybe even you know the steps to take or the actions necessary to expand your business. And yet, you don't do those things that you know to do. What makes the basic seminar so unique and the reason why it's the longest running uh, of its kind anywhere in the United States is because we've identified that our thinking drives our behavior and our actions. And so in the basic seminar, experientially, you're going to start to see those ways of thinking that are keeping you from doing what you know to do. And once you become aware of that, then that journey of personal development and transformation can be a fun one as you begin to close the gap between where you are and where you're capable of being. Or, as I like to say, the gap between the person you're capable of being and the person that you've settled for. And so uh, if you're on this uh, and you're hearing this, maybe that's a signal to you that it's time to get enrolled in the basic seminar, and we would love to have you and support you in dreaming bigger than you will be uh, before before we met. Kat? Thank you, Cortland. You've shared some powerful concepts with us, and thank you so much for your teaching tonight. We've really run out of time uh, to do questions on our live call. So what we're going to do, uh, Cortland, if you're willing, is we'll stay after the call and um, answer a bunch of questions for you guys. You'll be able to listen to that on the podcast, all right? Excellent, excellent. Okay, thank you for everyone who was on the call live with us. Here are all of the Q&A for our topic of building your dream team. We've got a lot of great questions. I'm really excited to hear Cortland's answers. Let's start off with LW. Wants to know, what action would you take when people say they want to support you, they even commit to it, and then they don't follow through? They're not accountable. What type of boundaries would you set with respect to their accountability and what it means within the team? Uh, great question, and also I would say it's you know to be expected. Okay, the the reality is that oftentimes people won't be as committed to your vision as you are committed to your vision, and so what I would suggest is that you not give so much energy to. Uh, or you know, is not give so much energy to the fact that someone 
uh, isn't being accountable or doesn't deliver on what they said. You know, I believe it was Maya Angelou who said, uh, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. And so, uh, yes, there are going to be broken agreements in relationship. You can set up an accountability system where there's an acknowledgement if an agreement is broken. However, what I what I want to encourage you on is to not get so frustrated and flustered uh, and as a result distracted by what someone else isn't or is or is not doing that it knocks you off course in the direction of your goal. Okay, there there isn't a tool that I can give you that would say, okay, how do you make sure that people follow through, right? Other than to be really clear on what your expectations are, because uncommunicated expectations always lead to disappointment. So if you have an expectation that you want to be able to hold them accountable to, communicate it up front, and uh, in the event that it's not upheld, then stay stay focused on where you're headed, uh, and people have a tendency uh, when they're not ready to move forward, they have a tendency to remove themselves. And so you're you're better off knowing that sooner rather than later. Uh, next from BH, what's the best way to ask for support? A great question. And, and, all, and I don't know, uh, frankly, if I have the best way to ask for support. Uh, what I what I do know is that uh, there is nothing more powerful than a vulnerable request. Nothing more powerful than a request that is made vulnerably. And, uh, and by that I mean, sometimes, it's, it, sometimes it may be as simple as saying, I need to ask you something that's really hard for me to ask for. Or, um, you know, Kat, um, this is, you know, it's not easy for me to ask and I'm going to. Right. So a lot of times the, you know, the best way to ask for support is making sure that the person that you're asking knows that you've exhausted your resources. Nothing really is more frustrating than, you know, coming in to assist someone and now you've dedicated your time and attention and then you learn that they hadn't that they haven't even exhausted their their resources they haven't you know they haven't even put in effort you know it's like my uh my when my son was younger you know uh and i he'd go in his room and i'd tell him to find a shoe or a sock and oh he comes back after you know 20 seconds i couldn't find it and then you know i'd go in and it'd be you know on on top of his bed you know i'm like okay did you even make an effort so you want to and asking for support Make sure that you have uh, you've done uh, your level best to uh, find the solution uh, on your own. Okay, but when you go to and when you go to ask someone, you can come and ask them from a place of vulnerability because you've exhausted maybe your resources or your know-how. And then uh, if if you're just stuck on the words to use, sometimes it's as simple as. This is a challenge for me to ask, and I need to ask you anyway. Uh, and so uh, that that simplicity really can be very powerful. Okay, uh, Kat, next question. Uh, absolutely, and clarity in what you're asking for is really important. 
Mm, absolutely. Oh, great point, Kat. Great point. Yeah. You, you know, the like, don't if you're going to come and ask for support, right? Like, don't be confused in your asking because now that's that's going to require mental energy from me or whoever it is that you're asking for support from. Uh, and so, being clear about what it is that you want and knowing that I can help you get there is a uh, is a, you know just an add on to that. You know, you don't want to embarrass the person that you're asking. Uh, sometimes you want to be sure that they can actually deliver on, on what it is that you're asking them to do and being clear on what you want definitely uh, assist in that. Uh, next from CB, how do I motivate my current team? Leading by example just leaves me doing all the work. Well, CB, now listen. <laughs> so leading by example uh, oftentimes requires communicating your vision clearly, and then stepping away. Leading by example doesn't mean doing it all, all right? And so I'm um, not exactly sure about what your situation is. However, let's be clear that that is at least in place. Um, sometimes, you know, the this idea of leading by example actually from a leadership standpoint, sometimes the leader's responsibility is to communicate the vision clearly. And so oftentimes it may require you to communicate what it is that you want and then step aside. You might have to not just step aside, but step aside and close your eyes. And if that doesn't work, step aside, close your eyes, and then put two hands over your eyes so that you don't see how they're doing it. Because you have your way of doing it. You have your way of getting it done. And it may be that a new, improved, faster, more efficient way is possible. Uh, and so, but that may require you letting go of the reins, so to speak. And so in communicating your question around how do you motivate your team, right, to, uh, and then, so I kind of heard it, Kat, as two different things, really. How do I motivate my team? And then, well, leading by example leaves me doing all the work. So you doing all of the work may require more patience on your part or communicating what it is that you want and then empowering them to go create it without you overseeing these step-by-step -step processes. How you, how you motivate your team is through understanding what is important to them. And once you understand what is important to them, then take whatever it is that you want done and assist them in seeing that there is value in what you want done uh, that will benefit them getting closer to their vision and purpose. So motivation, intrinsic motivation at least, is really the result of seeing that there is a benefit to me doing this because it gets me closer to what I want. And so it may require you identifying or knowing what is important to them and then asking for what you want done in the language that gets them to what their purpose or desire is uh, sooner. Okay, so that's that's how I would address that. And it could be, you know, kind of separate issues that that you got going on there. Um, but I believe that we addressed it. Next from AL, what if the inner circle of support exists but feels lacking? 
since it's my family we're talking about, how can I influence them to become more supportive or to support me in a better way? Well, you know, that's that's a tough one because of the emotional connection that we have with family. You know, uh, and I and I remember, though, my mom saying to me some time ago, I came from a really big, uh, you know, extended family, you know, cousins and so forth. And I remember her saying to me very specifically uh, because she noticed me holding back, uh, essentially waiting for everyone to come along with me. And she said very profoundly, she said, uh, well, you know, she said, baby, I need you to understand that, you know, sometimes the people that came with you cannot go with you. And then I said, you know, and she stated it again. She said, yeah, just because they came with you or came up with you doesn't mean that they get to go with you. And so uh, what I would ask you is, do they have a desire to go where you're headed? And if they don't, can you reasonably expect or even demand that they'll do the things to get there if it's not truly what they want? You might find that they're willing to be a supporter uh, they might be willing to cheer you on. Uh, however, where you're headed isn't necessarily where they want to go. And if it's not, we don't have uh, we don't have the right to even require that of them. And so you could e you could lighten your load and definitely uh, ease up the pressure that you might be feeling if you just found out from them uh, if where you're headed is a place that they desire to go. And then uh, when it comes to, you know, adding people, right, that actually might, if you ask the question and ensure that your vision is consistent with where they want to be, sometimes they'll say no. And that could actually uh, free up a spot or some space for those who do desire to go where you're going uh, to, you know, have some room. And so our family sometimes you know, uh, it's because of our emotional connections to them that we assume that where we're headed or what we've seen is what they want without having asked the question. And so before putting that pressure on yourself, ask the question of if whether or not where you're headed is where is where they want to go. Okay, next from J.A. What is the key to supporting someone you disagree with? Well... I would have, you know, that, you know, without knowing specifically, um, you know, what what you're disagreeing with them on, I say, you know, my, my desire is to support anyone in getting whatever it is that they want, as long as, as Mr. Wilhite, uh, the founder of PSI Seminars would say, as long as it doesn't violate the rights of someone else. So when you say, how do I support them, uh, even though I disagree with them? Um, you know, I would first check in with as long as, you know, you're going along with it isn't going to violate the rights of someone else. Uh, let's say that that is established and it's not going to uh, violate the rights of someone else. Then when you say, well, OK, I don't I don't agree with uh, is it that you don't agree with where they're headed or you don't agree with what they're doing? or you don't agree with their vision, then those are questions that uh, you would, where you've got to determine where your person, where your personal integrity comes in, right? So you may be unwilling to do it their way, and it turns out that their way is an okay way. 
uh, but simply uh, if you don't disagree, if you don't agree with them because it is in conflict with your integrity, then I say you don't. Right. If 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 what you're disagreeing with them on does not uh, assist you in growth and expansion, you don't have to. You know, there's an exercise in in the basic course uh, that is becomes very you know memorable for many people, and one of the options that they don't consider is that of just simply stopping, of you know, frankly, not participating. And so this this idea that you have to go along with it if it doesn't you know align with your integrity, uh, you know, it could be. Uh, much simpler because there is nothing that says you have to. Okay, so uh, now if it's just a matter of they have a different approach, then go along with the approach because you might actually learn something new. Kat? Next from CH, how do I create loyalty with my, within my team? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a great one, you know, and, and loyalty uh, with among people can be uh, as simple as being a person known for doing what you say you're going to do. When you think about the people in your life that you trust the most, and then you just, you know, invert it and say, okay, now the people that you trust the most in your life, it's likely that those are people that did two things. One, they were interested in you. They showed that they genuinely cared about you and what was important to you, what you valued and what you wanted. And then also, uh, it's more than likely that they were a person who came through when they said they would, that they're a person that you could count on to do what they say they were going to do. And so if you look out into your life and those are the people that you trust the most, and that you're most loyal to, now just invert it and say, okay, if I want to create this level of loyalty, then how do you show that you're interested in them? Right? Most people, you know, I, I, I won't, you know, I, I look to stay away from absolutes. Uh, in my experience of 13 years of uh, this uh, wonderful course that is the basic seminar, in my experience, most people are moving through their life feeling like no one truly understands them. For there to be 7 billion people on the planet, it's amazing the number of people who actually feel all alone. So if you can establish yourself as being a person who takes interest in another individual, you're going to create loyalty because it's so unique in today's environment. So be interested in them and be a person who in the relationship does what you say you're going to do so that they know that you're one that they can count on and the loyalty and trust is uh, a natural progression or result of that. Next from SA. How do you tell the people that you want to push out of your inner circle support that they are not the right people you need, especially if they are immediate family members or lifelong friends? Mm -hmm. The uh, I believe that, first of all, that's a that's a very difficult one. And I've been in that situation 
where I knew that for where I was and where I was going, there were people in my life, yes, family members, who weren't going to be along for that ride. And it wasn't from a place of better than. It wasn't from a place of uh, them being less than. It was just simply that our visions uh, did not align. And I found that uh, the energy that is required to, you know, not have closure or not communicate it is far worse. And so from uh, my experience of my experience of having done it the wrong way or uh, a way that wasn't effective, what I've learned is that that is something that can actually be communicated, though it may be an uncomfortable conversation. You're simply saying that where I'm headed right now, uh, I'm going to, you know, there are certain things I got to spend a little bit less time doing. And so you're going to notice me pulling back a bit and it's not the, and it's nothing personal against you. Uh, but I'm pulling back a bit so that I can focus in some other areas. And um, I know you'll understand uh, because I know we love and care about each other. But I wanted you to know that the reason why I'm pulling back is because I'm working on something that's really important to me right now. And um, I'm just uh, and it's going to require a lot more of my time, energy and attention. So you could basically just let them know that you're going to be pulling away from them. I don't believe that it's necessary to let them know that they aren't the right fit, you know, as a family member, because you didn't hire them. You know, you're, you, you know, we don't hire family members. Uh, we don't even, uh, you know, some would suggest we don't even get to choose who the family is. So you could just let them know that you are going to be pulling back. And so you put the weight on you for, you know, uh, uh, changing the nature of the relationship. And I don't believe that it's necessary to say to them that they aren't the right people to be in your circle. Just let them know that you're going to be pulling back and that the reason why is because of a vision that you have that's important to you. Kat? Uh, we had quite a few people ask um, variations on this question. From LB, how do you find your ideal team and how do you recognize uh, the people that you want to have join you in your inner circle of support? Uh, great, great um, question. The, you know, in the identification, how do you know when you've got the right team? Uh, have results that you can measure. And, you know, it, it is, it's one thing to, you know, to get along and have a rapport and, you know, we, we really like hanging out together. And I would suggest that that's a different type of friendship or team that you have uh, specifically for getting things done. The, you know, as Mr. Wilhite would say, the only fair way to gauge is by results. Often harsh, but always fair. Now, and I found it interesting, Cat, uh, that he used the word gauge. He didn't use the word judge. He's not, he didn't say the only fair way to judge, right? And so this is not an invitation to go judge people, right? It's just an invitation to really take a look at what you're creating. And so uh, the dynamics of the team um, are can be can be uh, 
a, a number of different, you know, a variety of things. However, to gauge if whether or not it's effective, look at the results that you are producing. And so uh, set, uh, set a standard, set, set an outcome that you're going to move towards. It could be, you know, uh, we're a book club and uh, on Friday of this week, we're going to have 40 pages read with ideas and insights, and we're going to jump on the phone and talk about those ideas and insights. You can, you can actually measure that. Did we get on the call? Did three of the five of us get on the call and another two make excuses? Uh, in business, we're going to, you know, uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to start a business and we're going to be at this point by this date. So a way you got to test the team to see if the team is effective. And you don't want to use words like good and better and we feel great and we like hanging out with each other. Like if you're going to really measure it, then have something that is, you know, have tangible outcomes. Uh, and then beyond that, as we covered in the call, uh, my recommendation is that you not look for people who think and sound exactly the way that you do, uh, have a variety of uh, behavioral styles and personality traits. Uh, have some diversity of thought, uh, you know, men, women, ages, um, sexes, ethnicities, cultures, backgrounds, life experiences, have a diversity of thought on the team. And even though there's a diversity of thought, a like vision. And so then uh, with that in place, then have uh, outcomes that can be measured to see if whether or not the team is being effective. Next from LN, how do you know when to let go versus develop someone on your dream team? Mm -hmm. The uh, it, that's a great question, and sometimes you know uh, one one of the big mistakes made in um, in in relationship is when you find out that you spent or you're investing too much time. Uh, with the wrong person or too much time with the wrong people. And so the way to, a way to know, again, um, I, I provide these answers as uh, from my life experiences, uh, not to say that it's the only way to do it. But one way to uh, assess if, whether or not a person is the right fit is to set uh, and clarify expectations uh, with consequence and be willing to hold your ground when it's time for consequence. You know, so it's if this, then that, uh, and be unwavering in it. Uh, because when we start to waver on our, you know, what we've communicated as the expectations then uh, we loosen a grip. We loosen the grip on our integrity. And you got to be willing to know that uh, sometimes the timing isn't right for the person. Your willingness to release them can actually set them up for uh, a, uh, the vision or an aspiration that is worthy of them. And so they, they leave you or uh, they go on from you and they go out to to create uh, something greater for them. And you've got to know that as you make room for that, 
then that also makes room for that person that you're looking for. So have accountability, you know, have accountability, communicate the expectation and with consequence prices for things not getting done and then hold firm on those consequences. The reality is that people come, sometimes people come into our life uh, for, uh, as it was said before, they come in for reasons, seasons and lifetimes. Sometimes they come into our life for a reason. Sometimes they're in our life for a season and sometimes they're in our life for a lifetime. And we don't always know what that is. You just determine that you are committed to whoever comes into your life for whatever period of time they're there. Uh, make a commitment that you, that it's your desire that they be better after having met you. And uh, the longevity of the time is sometimes uh, too unpredictable. It's not, it's not as linear as, oh, this is how you know, because we're dealing with people. And so uh, it, it is uh, inherently unpredictable. And so all you can really do is commit to them being better for having met you. And that's really all that you can control. Okay. Next from KG. What can I create in myself that provides support when my inner circle is unavailable? Right on. Uh, that's Now that's the question, right? How do you continue to build yourself up so that uh, when, when you're left with just you, uh, things can still be accomplished, right? And you're, one, of the, one of the ways to do that, you're doing by being on this call. Uh, if you are a graduate of the basic seminar and the courses of size seminars, uh, the way that you do that is uh, exemplified by you being on this call, as I was just saying, because the way to do that is through investing in yourself and in your personal development. Personal development is like insurance for the tough times. You notice how no one's looking for leadership when everything is going great. When everything is going fine, no one's wondering who's leading this ship. You know, when, 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 when things are going great, no one's wondering who's in charge. All right. And so what you're doing by being on this podcast and investing in yourself and making sure that you continue to strengthen your strong areas and develop your weak areas, uh, you are essentially uh, it's like uh, it's like insurance against the tough times. Because there will be times when it's just you and you've got to, in those times, not allow your vision to be subjected to the whims of other people's attitudes. Right? What you want and desire is way too important for you to have it be subjected to, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the on again, off again attitude of another person. So strengthen yourself so that you're ready for that and podcasts like these courses like we offer and then practicing the tools right so you don't want to just start to practice the tools when things get tough all right practice the tools so that when it's just you uh you you are strengthened for uh the race that is required of you to run okay next from eu how do you regain trust in people and yourself when you have been betrayed? It is an incredible, incredible 
challenge for all of us uh, to recognize that the feeling of betrayal is really a result of our perspective and that in truth, no one external to us has the power to uh, cause us to feel in any particular way. Uh, now, it may not be what you want to hear right now. However, having you know recently dealt with this one, here's what I have found to be true, is that in any given moment in time, every person is doing the best job they know how, and at any given moment of time, every individual is doing what they believe is best for them. And as a result of that, sometimes they make a choice or a decision that doesn't align with you. That being said, that being said, and as, as painful as it may be, that does not, that should not extend to every individual. One of the more challenging things to do is to keep it isolated. That what you experience with a person or what you experience with that individual is specific to them. And it is not fair that now everyone else must pay the price for what someone previous to them has done. And so a way that you can uh, grow in your trust, again, is to recognize that all situations are essentially uh, the meaning that we give them. And it's not about um, uh, not you know, trusting people or having people in your life, right? But recognize that what you experienced is unique to that person. And unless you're talking about uh, that in trusting that individual again, even that can be done. When it comes to trusting an that person again, then you know the the trust is to be rebuilt over time by them delivering on what they said they would. So even that can be overcome. However, I just want to encourage you that what you experience with an individual, uh, it isn't fair to everyone else to now have to pay the price of jumping through the hoops and loops that you might have up because you were betrayed before. It's not everyone else's responsibility to pay the price for what someone previous to them did. And so stay present, uh, stay committed, and keep your dream and vision in front of you, uh, even when there is the inevitable roadblock, hurdle, or um, distraction. Uh, next from JC, I feel like I lose my sense of self and personal direction when I get lost in the we and the team and don't get enough me time. Then if I spend the time I need to find myself in my direction, I feel selfish for not being a team player. Any thoughts on how to balance this? Mm -hmm. uh, yes, and it is, I believe, you know, I'm, I'm a person who enjoys my solitude. You know, I'm, uh, I can definitely, uh, and Kat can attest to, you know, the fact that, you know, I definitely have tendencies to be, you know, can be, you know, reclusive, you know. Uh, that's my time to recharge. That's my time to refuel. And so having designated times for that could be a solution for you. And, you know, just and so when you feel yourself becoming overwhelmed, you could already know that you have some recharge time 
that's uh, that's coming up, right? And so I say schedule your time. And when you are with the team, be all in with the team. However, it is important that you make yourself enough of a priority that you put yourself on your calendar where it's undisturbed, uninterrupted, and non-negotiable. This is your time for you. Have it built in, scheduled in, uh, at whatever frequency you desire. And um, you can know that it is you showing that you are a priority to you. Um, that's a way to do it. Kat? Uh, great. Next from MF. The term support seems so overutilized lately. When asked by someone how they can support me, I struggle with explaining myself. Any tips on cutting through the chatter in my head and conveying clearly what I need? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> well, first, I think that where we can start is looking at your relationship with the word support. Okay, uh, maybe it's overused um, in your, you know, in your uh, immediate, you know, surroundings. <clears throat> I would say that. It's not it, though the word may be used. True support may not be happening enough, and so uh, the clarity in asking for support is a result of you first recognizing that you're worthy of being supported. And when you recognize that you're worthy of being supported, then you'll just simply state what you need to have happen, and you're okay if a person says to you that they they are not in position to do it or that they're unwilling to do it, uh, you'll notice that there's not such a personal attachment to someone saying no or that they are not able to. So being clear about how to ask for support really starts with you recognizing that you're worthy of being supported, that you're not being a burden, that you're not in the way of someone. In fact, people love being a part of the victory. People love being a part of the win. So if you have a vision that is worthy of you and you have a vision that will support and grow other people, I assure you that the overwhelming majority of people love to be a part of that. And so you could actually look at you asking for support as an invitation. You are inviting people to be a part of the victory that you're creating. And people love that. So get clear about what you want, see that you are deserving of support, and then provide them with an opportunity to be a part of a win. That'll definitely assist you in that. Next from CC, what is the most valuable characteristic in a person when building your dream team? What do you look for first and what is non-negotiable? Uh, what, what I look for first is, you know, the basic is first, what is important to them? And so uh, what is what what do they value? And then I want to be uh, in integrity when I say that being a part of this team that I'm creating is in alignment with you getting your dream also. So first and foremost, it's am I interested enough in this person? that I would ask them to come be a part of what I'm creating uh, because I believe that what I'm creating actually helps them get more of what they want. 
So what I'm looking for first is, is there synergy? Uh, another um, concept that we explore in the basic seminar, uh, uh, synergism. Uh, is there a synergy? Is there harmony in them assisting in this vision such that it gets them closer to their purpose? Uh, and then also, if not, I got to be willing to say that it's not and uh, wish them well. So a lot of they find what you're working on doesn't necessarily get them closer if they join your team, let's say, doesn't them joining your team doesn't necessarily get them closer. Now, are you willing, though, to provide them with a resource or a connection that will enable them to get closer to what they want, even if it means that they're not going to be on your team? So are you willing to be that outward focused? So there's another opportunity that you get to explore. So sometimes them being on your team doesn't get them closer, yet you have resources that will support them anyway. Are you willing to do that? If so, then now you're working with the law that states that whatever you put out comes back. And so you can trust that the universe will pay its debts. And so look first for if whether or not their vision or purpose is supported by being on your team. Next from KC, what steps do I need to take to reach out for support when I'm not comfortable doing it? Yeah, I, you know, that's going to really come. Uh, and I believe you would agree with this one, Kat, right? It really just is a matter of practice. And, and that's without being trite or too simplistic. Um, but if you're not in the practice of it, um, then practice asking. And, you know, as, as we looked at uh, in, <clears throat> in the actual the call, you know, we, we examined it. But one of the big things is to know that when you're asking for support, uh, there are people who want to see you win. And those people who desire to see you win, uh, they're just looking for an opportunity to be of assistance. If you're a person who really gets joy and fulfillment from helping another person, then when you don't allow someone to support you, then you rob someone else of that fulfillment that you receive from being there for someone else. And so uh, what you're providing them with is an opportunity to experience the joy of unconditional giving. And so uh, that is a practice that is worthy of uh, getting good at. And so uh, you want to increase the rate at which you invite people to be a part of uh, your growth and expansion. And it really is a matter of uh, being willing to ask or uh, to practice. And you can start practicing with little things like asking someone to hold the door or lift a box or, you know, there's plenty of opportunities for to ask for support with little things that builds up that muscle that will support you in making it easier to ask for the big things. Great point. Great point. Uh, next from DN, how do I support my sons to build bigger and better dreams and goals? Oh, great question. Great question. And, uh, the, you know, how with our children, you know, or your sons, how to uh, support them in, in bigger and better dreams and goals is to uh, increase, be ready for this, increase their failure rate. You want them to have a relationship with making mistakes and failing, okay, whereby they embrace it 
and they're ready to go again. So one of the greatest things that you can do for, uh, for your sons is when they make a mistake or when they make an error, don't overreact. You know, in fact, encourage them to attempt and fail at it so that they have a relationship with making mistakes and a relationship with failure where they see it as just a part of the process. And so the more that I can have, uh, the more that I see making mistakes and failure as a part of uh, the natural process or, you know, progression, the more I see that that's, you know, just a part of how things go, then I don't have nearly as much fear in dreaming the impossible dream. I don't have any uh, reservations about uh, imagining possibilities that others say cannot be done because you've developed in them a relationship with making mistakes whereby they are, uh, they are not afraid of doing so, and that actually assists them in expanding their, uh, their visions. Uh, next, JK says, Hey, Cortland, I just finished the Life Success course and heading to Men's Leadership Seminar in August. What types of activities should I be doing to put strong leaders in my circle? Great question. Uh, and it is, again, so vitally important that you have a vision that, one, a vision where there's room for other people, but also a vision that attracts people. And so uh, what is what is the contribution that you desire to make? Like whose life will be better? Uh, because you've lived here. And so a practice uh, as you're as you're headed up to uh, the men's leadership um, seminar, which, by the way, is a, a phenomenal uh, decision uh, that you made. And I'm, and I'm excited that you see uh, the value in yourself such that you make that investment. Uh, but in, in, in that preparation, uh, it is is really about expanding your vision and also looking of way, looking for ways to add value to people that uh, you desire to emulate. You know, ask yourself. You know, as you as you uh, as you look out uh, and desire to emulate, you know, certain you know figures uh, in in your in your world. You know, notice the qualities and characteristics uh, about them that you admire, and then answer for yourself. Where do you also have those traits and qualities? Uh, it's a, uh, an exercise called traits of the greats. And so what you do is you look at people that you desire to, to emulate or model and identify what it is that you are fascinated about uh, with them. And then notice in your life. And when you look closely, you'll see it. Notice in your life where you have those same qualities as well. So it keeps you from. Uh, having them on such a pedestal that cannot be reached, right? And so as you start to as you start to level that out, then you're going to start to see that there's value that you bring to them. And so focus on the value that you bring to relationship and also expand your vision so that your vision is attractive and uh, is a magnet essentially for people who want to be a part of it. Okay, how about if we finish on this question here from TD? How do I get people excited about being part of my team? Oh, right on. 
the uh, that excitement and enthusiasm, right, is gonna is gonna start with you. All right. So you know, enthusiasm uh, essentially means to breathe life into. All right. So you have got to display that uh, you want to almost be as though. Listen, if, if you don't get on board with this, you know, it's like, what's wrong with you that you don't see what I'm seeing? And so that's what we we're talking about a little bit earlier about the mystery and the mystique. You want to paint that vision so, uh, so broad and so grand that people want to be able to see what it is that you're seeing. And so uh, getting them excited uh, is going to also be a function of you helping them see how they're going to grow by being a part of what you've got going on. The, 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 the station, all right, the station, like think of a radio station, right? The station that we're all dialed into all the time is W-I-I-F-M. What's in it for me? W-I-I-F-M is the station that we are always most tuned into. And so if you want to get people excited about your vision and excited about being on your team, able them to see how they're going to benefit from it. What's the value to them and being a part of your team? You got to show them that, hey, on this team, we're going to win championships. On this team, we've got the processes in place. We're going to the Super Bowl, so to speak, whatever the Super Bowl uh, whatever that Super Bowl vision is for you, but know that people, right? They're they're excited, you know, and they uh, they'll they'll come, they'll join, okay? They'll go along for the ride for a little while just to help you out, but they'll stay on board as long as that they as long as they can see that they're growing in their association with you. And so we want to know what's in it for us. Uh, the more you can able me or uh, other people to see that then uh, the excitement in being a part of your team is a, uh, is a natural occurrence uh, of that happening. So again, being interested in what is important to me and then showing me how being on your team gets me there is definitely the way of ways of getting that done. Kat? Awesome. Let's wrap up the questions there. And to everybody who's listening in, uh, Sci Seminars definitely wants to see you win. And so uh, we get to be a part of your team by giving you content like the teaching from Cortland tonight. And there's plenty of other excellent episodes in our podcast. And if you haven't been to the classes yet, they are phenomenal. So I encourage you to head to uh, PSIBasicSeminar.com if you've not been to the basic seminar yet and uh, take yourself on. You just, you have no idea what you can make happen in your life when you uh, take yourself on at that level. So, so true. So true. And Kat, I, I just want to, again, just express to you, um, my appreciation to you for creating this forum for, uh, for us to, to teach and be able to reach more people. And again, I want to acknowledge those who are listening, uh, for, you know, seeing yourself as valuable enough to invest in. Uh, this time that you've spent here is an investment in you. And um, I'm excited to hear about uh, the returns on your investment. And so don't be dissuaded. Uh, uh, 
it, you know, personal development and transformation is a discipline. And so uh, thank you, Kat, for making this available. And uh, I appreciate the opportunity to share with those who are part of, uh, uh, of the podcast. So thank you very much. And thank you to everyone listening in. We hope that you enjoyed the training and have some new tools to move you forward in the pursuit of your dreams and goals. You definitely don't want to miss next month's training. It's scheduled for Tuesday, May 8th. Our topic will be the world as you see it, constructing your reality with PSI facilitator Rob Rowe. You can register now at PSILive.com. And remember to ask your questions when you register. Again, that's PSILive.com. If you're getting value from our podcast, don't forget to rate us and leave a review on iTunes and definitely share it with anyone you think would benefit. Again, for those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI Basic course, you can go to PSIBasicSeminar.com where you'll find information about the class as well as the upcoming dates and locations that are open for registration. Thank you everyone for being on the training tonight. We appreciate you taking the time out to listen in. Have a great night. Catch us on the podcast.